section twenty six of the crime of sylvestre bonnard by anatole france this librivox recording is in the public domain december fifteen the king of thule kept a goblet of gold which his dying mistress had bequeathed him as a souvenir when about to die himself after having drunk from it for the last time he threw the goblet into the sea and i keep this diary of memories even as that old prince of the mist-haunted seas kept his carven goblet and even as he flung away at last his love pledge so will i burn this book of souvenirs assuredly it is not through any arrogant avarice nor through any egotistical pride that i shall destroy this record of a humble life it is only because i fear lest those things which are dear and sacred to me might appear before others because of my inartistic manner of expression either commonplace or absurd i do not say this in view of what is going to follow absurd i certainly must have been when having been invited to dinner by mademoiselle prefere i took my seat in a bergere it was really a bergere at the right hand of that alarming person the table had been set in a little parlour and i could observe from the poor way in which it was set out that the schoolmistress was one of those ethereal souls who soar above terrestrial things chipped plates unmatched glasses knives with loose handles forks with yellow prongs there was absolutely nothing wanting to spoil the appetite of an honest man i was assured that the dinner had been cooked for me for me alone although maitre mouge had also been invited mademoiselle prefere must have imagined that i had sarmatian tastes on the subject of butter for that which she offered me served up in little thin paths was excessively rancid the roast very nearly poisoned me but i had the pleasure of hearing maitre mouge and mademoiselle prefere discourse upon virtue i said the pleasure i ought to have said the shame for the sentiments to which they gave expression soared far beyond the range of my vulgar nature what they said proved to me as clear as day that devotedness was their daily bread and that self-sacrifice was not less necessary to their existence than air and water observing that i was not eating mademoiselle Prefere made a thousand efforts to overcome that which she was good enough to term my discretion jean was not of the party because i was told her presence at it would have been contrary to the rules and would have wounded the feelings of the other school-children among whom it was necessary to maintain a certain equality i secretly congratulated her upon having escaped from the merovingian butter from the huge radishes empty as funeral urns from the leathery roast and from various other curiosities of diet to which i had exposed myself for the love of her the extremely disconsolate-looking servants served up some liquid to which they gave the name of cream i do not know why and vanished away like a ghost then mademoiselle prefere related to maitre mouche with extraordinary transports of emotion all that she had said to me in the city of books during the time that my housekeeper was sick in bed her admiration for a member of the institute 
her terror lest i should be taken ill while unattended and the certainty she felt that any intelligent woman would be proud and happy to share my existence she concealed nothing but on the contrary added many fresh follies to the recital maitre mouche kept nodding his head in approval while cracking nuts then after all this verbiage he demanded with an agreeable smile what my answer had been mademoiselle prefere pressing her hand upon her heart and extending the other towards me cried out he is so affectionate so superior so good and so great he answered but i could never because i am only a humble woman i could never repeat the words of a member of the institute i can only utter the substance of them he answered yes i understand you yes and with these words she reached out and seized one of my hands then maitre mouche also overwhelmed with emotion arose and seized my other hand monsieur he said permit me to offer my congratulations several times in my life i have known fear but never before had i experienced any fright of so nauseating a character a sickening terror came upon me i disengaged my two hands and rising to my feet so as to give all possible seriousness to my words i said madame either i explained myself very badly when you were at my house or i have totally misunderstood you here in your own in either case a positive declaration is absolutely necessary permit me madame to make it now very plainly no i never did understand you i am totally ignorant of the nature of this marriage project that you have been planning for me if you really have been planning one in any event i should not think of marrying it would be unpardonable folly at my age and even now at this moment i cannot conceive how a sensible person like you could ever have advised me to marry indeed i am strongly inclined to believe that i must have been mistaken and that you never said anything of the kind before in the latter case please excuse an old man totally unfamiliar with the usages of society unaccustomed to the conversation of ladies and very contrite for his mistake maitre mouche went back very softly to his place where not finding any more nuts to crack he began to whittle a cork mademoiselle prefere after staring at me for a few moments with an expression in her little round dry eyes which i had never seen there before suddenly resumed her customary sweetness and graciousness then she cried out in honeyed tones oh these learned men these studious men they are like children yes monsieur bonnard you are a real child then turning to the notary who still sat very quietly in his corner with his nose over his cork she exclaimed in beseeching tones oh do not accuse him do not accuse him do not think any evil of him i beg of you do not think it at all must i ask you upon my knees maitre mouche continued to examine all the various aspects and surfaces of his cork without making any further manifestation i was very indignant and i know that my cheeks must have been extremely red if i could judge by the flush of heat which i felt rise to my face this would enable me to explain the words i heard 
through all the buzzing in my ears i'm frightened about him our poor friend monsieur muche be kind enough to open a window it seems to me that a compress of arnica would do him some good i rushed out into the street with an unspeakable feeling of shame my poor jean End of section twenty six